dealing with some realtors and some lenders and you're the woman on the phone they the first thing they want to know is are you married where's your husband they want to talk to the husband and i'm just like this is not the 1950s he is busy and this is my transaction so you will be dealing with me oh okay miss that was that experience with the realtors i always would have them you know Oh, hey, honey, you know, those type of things like weird things that you just wouldn't do with a guy, you know, it's always Mr. You know, or, you know, sir, but with women, it's like honey doll, you know, those type of condescending things. So um, we swapped out that realtor because, you know, if I'm going to spend money with you and you're going to make money off of me, I need you to respect me just like I'm respecting you. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting show of the About That Water podcast, where we help you build strong financial habits. I have the honor to bring on Zena Dixon, who has been a software, who is actually a software developer, um, a real estate investor, and an educator. Uh, She's been an investor for over a year now and looking forward to uh, taking more risk in the dream is so much bigger, especially in 2023. So welcome everybody to having Zena on the show. How you doing today, Zena? <laughs> I'm good. good. Thank you for having me and good morning. You know, this thing about real estate, we always hear about it. Um, and I noticed that you're actually just uh, getting into reaching your goal, which is to start buying multifamily properties at the end of, I think it was what, 2022, 2023? I mean, 2021? Yeah, 2021. Because <laughs> I was listening to you, your old podcast, because uh, uh, also you're half of the 9 to 5 CEO podcast, and I went all the way back to when you guys were started. <laughs> so there was, because you're, because the beginning of the year, I think it was like, y'all were wrapping up. It was like, hey, I'm going to start it. Um, I'm going to get into my first rental property. So I'm going to start doing this. But I think you guys had recorded it in 2020 and then released until 2021. Mm-hmm. You, you were doing some investigative work. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> when I look up your name, it just all this horror stuff comes up. And I'm like, this isn't the right person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, yeah. We, um, it was, it was weird how that whole thing came about with the podcast, but, um, basically we met because he had saw my, my post about buying the four, four unit. Um, and you know, he was in my DMS and we would talk about, you know, different real estate things, you know, tenants and all that kind of stuff and our experiences, because they were quite similar when we closed, like not being, um, not having leases, for instance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. We had that commonality and we just had like a good rapport and he was just like, will you do a live with me? And I was like, okay, sure. So we, we had a live and again, the rapport was really good. And, um, he, he hit me up after the live. He's like, we should start a podcast. And I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I never even listened to a podcast before. So I was like, oh, I, I guess this is the year of yes. So let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> And um, because of your year, yes, you have been doing some amazing things, and I've been seeing your growth since then. Um, can you just take people back just a little bit more about like what got you into real estate? Um, it's funny the pandemic 
Um, and, and it's weird when, when I say that because the pandemic is a once in a lifetime catastrophic situation globally. Um, it was, it was really scary. You know, um, I don't know if you w- watch The Walking Dead, but things like that kind of <laughs> in my mind, like, is this happening? And, um, so, you know, I, w- I had just started a, a new job and, um, maybe two months into it, you know, the, the lockdown occurred, um, excuse me. And, you know, everybody, you know, gets sent home. So, you know, when you first start a job, you really don't have too much to do. So I was on Instagram, like constantly. And I just happened across a post that talked about real estate and buying multifamily and how you can get cash flow. And that just clicked for me. I was just like, how I not ever know this at my big age, you know? And so it led me down a rabbit hole because you know how that happens on on Instagram or social media. (laughs) You just keep, you know, and, and, and more and more stuff started, you know, um, being displayed on my feed. And I happened to come across someone that his information was just a little bit more in depth. It wasn't like very superficial. And I, I dove deep into his content and it just clicked for me. I was just like, I have to do this. Mm. I have to do this. Now, I'll just preface it by saying uh, me and my husband, we owned a single family. Like we got married, we bought a house, the whole American dream type Uh thing. But nobody ever mentioned, you know, you could you could buy multifamily first. You could save money and, you know, cash flow and have tenants pay the rent. Nobody ever mentioned that the lender, the realtor, nobody, because those individuals, they are primed to sell you your dream house. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the white picket fence and all that kind of stuff. So. This information wasn't widely available. Nobody I knew owned a multifamily and my family, no one in his family, um, and just nobody in our inner circle. So I, I told my husband, I was just like, this, this, I think we need to get into because we're both older, um, we're both heavy in our careers, and the taxes are killing us. So I was like, <laughs> we need something to help offset our taxes. And I think this would be something good for us to get into together as you know, a couple. And um, I talked him into buying a $15,000 course and he had a mini stroke because he's very frugal, but he saw the value and he trusts his wife. So (laughs) that is so true. You got to trust the other one, (laughs) (laughs) especially when it comes to these uh, audacious goals, because, you know, $15,000 is a lot to drop Mm -hmm, uh, for mm -hmm. a course. Um, So take us through what was it? um, Some of the key takeaways that um that got you over the hump to drop your first um your first property so the key takeaway was um that i was in position well i had gotten myself in position prior to because i had an embarrass embarrassing situation at a car dealership that made prompted me to get my credit together so in 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 that moment of working on my credit it seemed like an alchemy that was occurring in my life personally because I had lost my mom. I had been feeling like so out of sorts, just not, not me. And this gave me something to um, chew on and and to take hold of and to have some control because when someone passes, you have no control, but buying property, I have control. So I was able to um, just throw myself into this process of learning how to buy multifamily of, um, you know, getting all my, all my, paperwork together, working with lenders, and just figuring out the whole process, um, looking at properties, asking questions, working with a realtor, all that kind of stuff. And it really it really helped me with my depression. Plus, 
you know, I was able to accomplish a goal that I set for myself. Because at the top of the year, um, was it 2021? 2021, I said, I'm not going to let this year go without buying a property. And in June, I was able to close on my first property. (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. So can you walk us through the numbers of your first property? Absolutely. So um, again, height of the pandemic, all the stuff going, still going on. Um, and uh, people were scared to fly. Um, oh, let me let me go back. So initially, when I first started looking, I, I lived in New Jersey and looking at four units was like upwards of 800,000 to a million dollars. And these properties were worn down. And I just mentally I could not wrap my head around paying so much for a four unit building. So um, again, Instagram to the rescue, talking about um, real estate, you know, buying out out of state, you know, out of state investors. So I was like, okay, let me look at that. So I, um, I had come out to Chicago for work one year and I like Chicago. I think Chicago is a vibe, especially during the summer. Um, And I was just like, well, let me look at their inventory because I know that they have a lot of multifamilies. And, um, you know, I had put in like three offers on the three different buildings and the last one stuck. Mm-hmm. And um, even though, which I caution my my clients and students now, do not buy at market, buy under market. But at the time, I was just in a frenzy. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, so um, I did buy the property um, and my interest rate was like 2.7%. I, there, I inherited tenants. Um, so I walked into a situation that was newly rehabbed, that had tenants in place. Um, it The property passed the self-sufficiency test, which is 75% of the rents have to cover the mortgage. And that was that was true with the, um, the rents being under market. So I was just like, this is a no brainer for me because I'm going to bring the, the property, um, the rents up to market. The unit that I'm supposed to occupy as the owner occupant, once I leave, that'll be an additional twelve hundred to thirteen hundred dollars in cash flow. So I was just like, right. I'm still winning, you know, it's okay. Um, and at the end of 2021, the identical building across the street was purchased and they paid fifty thousand dollars more than I paid. So that bumps up things because of the comps. So mm-hmm. I was just like, hmm, this this was a good experience. <laughs> so how much did you pay for the property? Um four fifty seven. Okay, so four fifty seven. So that means the one across started uh, for five oh seven. Just yes. rough numbers. Yes, that is amazing. Yeah, especially at like was it two point seven percent? Yes, yes. And you did it through the conventional way or hard money lender or how did you? I did it? FHA, FHA with three point five percent down. Um, I did not go after any down payment. Um down payment assistance programs because I'm impatient. When I want something, I just want it right then and there. Um, but again, something I teach teach you know my students in my in my um, one-on-one consultations is go for the down payment assistance because you can get a hundred percent down payment assistance and you get to keep more money. So you can probably get into another deal. But because I'm impatient and because I, I just had this need to like really, really close on a property and get it done as quickly as possible to cross that off my my checklist. I just I just paid out of pocket, but still, the the leverage that's there was tremendous. So to me, it was just a no brainer. Nice. Now, because real estate is mostly uh, male dominated, how was that being a woman inside this uh, inside this environment? 
uh, has been beneficial or detrimental to your experience? Um, I would say a little of both. And the reason why is because dealing with some realtors and some lenders and you're the woman on the phone, they, the first thing they want to know is, are you married? Where's your husband? They want to talk to the husband. And I'm just like, this is not the 1950s. He is busy and this is my transaction. So you will be dealing with me. Oh, okay, miss. So it's like a, a, a bias, like off the rip with some people, not everybody. But for me, that was, that was the case. So, you know, we get on the phone and they're just like, okay, so let's run your credit. So the assumption is I feel, and what's been my experience is when you have a black sounding name or ethnic sounding name, they don't think that you have your stuff together. Mm. So, you know, he was very condescending initially um, until he ran my credit. My credit is almost 800. I became Miss Dixon. Okay. I became, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, if you was in the office, I would offer you something to drink. You know, it was it was the whole tone changed. So um, that was that was another thing that I noticed. Um, and long story short, we had to get rid of him because he was being weird. So I found another lender and he was amazing. Um that was that experience with the realtors I always would have them, you know, Oh, Hey honey, you know, those type of things, like weird things that you just wouldn't do with a guy, you know, right. it's always Mr. You know, or, you know, sir, but with women, it's like honey doll, you know, those type of condescending things. So, um, we swapped out that realtor because, you know, if I'm going to spend money with you and you're going to make money off of me, I need you to respect me just yeah. like I'm respecting you. So spend your money where you are respected. That is the lesson in that. Um, but the realtor that sold me, that helped me buy this property, he was amazing. And we're we're, we're good friends now. And he's like, I want to do some deals with you. So <laughs> nice. because real estate is really, a, a, as you can say, it's a relationship type of business. Mm -hmm. and you already denied so many people just off of the relationship and the feelings that you were getting from them. Um, I actually wrote down, I was taking some notes because I was listening to um, some other people here, and I'm not sure if you heard of these yet, but these are the most common things if you don't think about them, um, which is because it's a people business, you need the three Ps, which is a provider, a property manager, and some payers. Um, property manager could either be yourself, um, or you can actually hire them out and so forth. So do you actually manage your own properties yourself or do you hire out? I do. I manage my own properties primarily because um, I I have the time. That's the first thing. The second thing is I wanted to learn how to manage. So that when the time comes that I hand over my properties to a property manager, I already have my systems in place, how I want you to run my run my business, essentially, because that's what it is. Um, I wanted to get to know my tenants. I wanted to get over the fear of dealing with tenants mm -hmm. because I can't tell you how many DMs I get about, oh, I want to buy a property, but I don't want tenants calling me at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, and to be honest, <laughs> complete transparency, that's happened to me one time. And that was very recent. And the reason why that happened is my tenant, he was he's sick and he's 76 years old. He was sick and his um, his nephew came home, you know, late at night. And, you know, naturally the tenant, he's sleeping because he's an older gentleman and he's sick. Right. So he's like, the heat is not working. The, the, the nephew, he says the heat is not working. So he wakes up and he calls me and he's not cognizant of the time because, you know, he's just been woken up out of his sleep. So, you know, and in Chicago, it gets pretty cold and it was super cold then. So 
I didn't mind, you know, when he told me that I sprung into action, I got on the phone and I, you know, um, was able to get service out here, but that was the only time that happened. And, um, but otherwise, you know, they, they adhere to my business hours. Um, and you know, it hasn't been an issue. So I, I wanted to know all the nuance of dealing with tenants. Um, and I'm an ethical landlord. Like a lot of times when people buy property, they'll be like, I want to take it vacant, leaving the seller to, you know, um, displace those individuals or rehome them. And, Again, it was, you know, COVID, these these individuals have been living here for 25 years, they're older. And I was just like, well, if they're paying their rent and they want to stay, I'm good with that. Um, It made it easier for me to transition into being a landlord and a property owner. Um, So it it worked out. I I did have to, you know, one tenant did leave, but, you know, that was that was beyond the scope of, you know, how I could help her. And I, I did try to help her, but it just wasn't working. But you know, otherwise it's been a good experience. And again, I, I'm able to speak to others that's looking to get into this in a very authentic way, you know, not just grabbing stuff off the internet and saying, here, this is what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And because of that, and that's one of the reasons why I like to bring on people with different specialties and backgrounds, because we focus on habits. And so what are the great habits that you would say will make a awesome um, landlord such as this? Um, that's a great question. I, I would say to deal with issues as they come. A lot of people have like this analysis paralysis or they procrastinate because they don't know what to do. They're not sure what to do. Um, I just say run, run, run to that brick walls because the quicker you get over the issue or, um, you address the issue. Now you have this, this earned knowledge, and now you have something to put into your SOPs in terms of how you're going to run your business. Um, so one of my habits is every time that I have an issue, I do record it. Um, and, I, I look at how could I mitigate this happening going forward. So when I first bought the building, I didn't have the um, I have home serve and it's like a it's like an insurance and they they send people technicians out and you pay a monthly fee and typically for all of the things that's covered. Um, so for instance, I have heating and, and plumbing. So of course, if something happens with the heat, they come out and fix it. There's there's no additional cost to me. If there's clogs with the drains, they come out and fix it. No additional cost to me, and it's only like eight dollars a month so initially Good when job. i didn't have that right so initially when i didn't have that i was paying like three hundred dollars to people on thumbtack to come out you know because and also at the time i was still living in new jersey so i was remotely managing you know vendors coming to the property coordinating with the tenants you know and all that kind of stuff so i was just like how can i make this process easier for me so you know, my older tenant who's been here a while, he's like my um, building supervisor and um, he meets with the vendors, you know, and he was collecting the rents and stuff like that. Um, so that that was my thing. Like, how do I minimize the the effort that I have to put forth for maintenance? How do I streamline the process of getting people out to make repairs? How do I streamline, you know, just just managing that whole thing. So that's that's what I did. I look for ways to bring down my expenses because I can't afford $300 <laughs> calls all the time. And um, 
and putting in um, maintenance plans. So every spring we change out the filters, you know, we have all the clogs um, cleared, you know, so this is preventative maintenance that, you know, will prevent me from having issues like when the weather gets bad and stuff. I like that. Um, so we're going to move on down to the third segment, which is the features. So where do you see yourself um, or actually what skills or habits that you feel that would, that you need to take you to the next level? Um, so I feel like a lot of the things that I've had to learn to take me to the next level, I've had to learn by going through it. So currently I'm in a flip in in chicago well actually in oak park is adjacent to chicago um which i've learned the lenders will lend in that area but they don't really want to lend in chicago for whatever reason um but working through that flip i've had to learn a lot of things that i didn't know prior even with the trainings um and the mentorships that i paid for because a lot of times you just won't get this information unless you go through it and that's the value of having mentors and coaches because they've actually gone through it so they can help you with the, you know, the um, landmines of different aspects of the real estate business. So um, I know that I need to have help because I'm a, I'm a full-time software developer and that takes up a lot of my brain power. Like my, my head is smoking at the end of the day. <laughs> so dealing with permits and contractors and managing all of that, um, I've identified that I need help. So, you know, as my husband and I talk about scaling our business, it's just like, how do we optimize our processes so that we can, you know, scale more smoothly? And one of those things is adding, you know, a VA to handle the back end and a project manager to be on site to manage the day to day. Um, and that's a little difficult for me because I'm a control freak. Like I want to control every aspect of everything, but as a business owner, you don't want to be in your business as much as you want to work on your business. So it that's that's something that I've come to grips with, especially since I don't have any intentions or leaving my job anytime soon. That's another thing that I, you know, share with real, real estate um, um, investors that want to get into the journey. There's no reason to. You just have to implement systems to make things work better for you so that you can keep the security of your job to help fund your business. And that's, that's, that's the plan. So um, learning to relinquish control is what I've had to learn. <laughs> that's your goal for 2023. <laughs> <laughs> to stop being a control freak. Right. Yes. And my husband would appreciate it too. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I can delegate this. It's great. Um, yeah. Especially when it comes to cleaning. Um, yeah. I'm, service that out all the time oh yeah yeah anything that's gonna buy me time i will hire out for it so, <laughs> housekeeper cook you know let's go <laughs> um all right you ready for the final four questions i am all righty so what does wealth mean to you um it it means freedom um, because even though I just said that I don't want to leave my job, I do eventually. That's that's the goal. Um, so to have the time freedom to do to enjoy, you know, my my marriage with my husband um, and, you know, before we get too, too old to, you know, be trotting off to different islands and stuff. 
um I, I want I want the the liberty of doing that um and because I, I've I've made good money for most of my adult life I can't say that it's a financial thing because you know studies show that once you make seventy thousand dollars a year making more than that really doesn't make a difference in terms of your happiness so I can't say that oh making more money is going to make me happy yes it will give me freedom to do different things but I'm I'm pretty content with my life. I just want to keep pushing the boundaries of what I can do because that's exciting to me. So, wow. that the the way, so. <laughs> so I'll be rooting for you, though. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Number two, what is your worst money mistake? Um, my worst money mistake. Mm, I used to waste a lot of money before. <laughs> Before I got into real estate, um, I was I was just like a spendthrift. Like I hope that's the right word. Someone yeah. that spends a lot of money. Um, <laughs> my husband, he he he's always been the frugal one. But I'm just like, um, oh, I want I want that Gucci bag. I want those Louis Vuitton shoes. I just you know I'm just spending my money. Um, I was not a good steward of my money. Um, not really planning for retirement in a meaningful way. Um, but once I became an investor. Every dime counts. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. I I told my husband I was I was like this is the richest and the most broke I've ever been in my adult life. <laughs> I like that <laughs> because everything is t- all my money is tied up in investments. So you know I was just like we have like two point five million dollars worth of assets, but our, our liquidity isn't there, and it's just like. You know, it's just like I've never felt this tight before financially, but it's given me a lot of discipline. Like my my bank statement when I sent it to my um my bookkeeper, she was like, Zena, you have like a whole page of Uber Eats. What is that? I can't got time to cook. She was like, you are spending so much money. And I was and I'm looking at it because you know, like every apps make everything easy. You yeah. press a button, you get a delivery. Mm-hmm. And it's you don't think about the transaction that's occurring until you look at your bank statement. Um, so yeah, I've I've become a lot more cognizant of how I spend my money. Um, Uber Eats once a month, you know. Right. <laughs> so that's that was my biggest lesson, like getting my financials together. Um, but now I'm forced to be disciplined in a way that's very meaningful. So gotcha. Number three, what is your favorite financial or non-financial book? Um, my favorite financial book. So um, I know probably everybody says Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I like that book. I read that book like maybe 20 years ago. Um, I was I was always had an entrepreneurial mind. I was in a, a multi-level marketing back then. And it's like a cult because they want you to read all these different books. <laughs> No offense to anybody that does MLM, but you know, that was one of the books that you had to read. And that book was transformational, but I wasn't there mentally to really absorb the lessons that was in there. I was just like, oh, that sounds good. Rich dad, poor dad's teaching me lessons, but I wasn't there mentally. Um the the book that I love now is um what is the name of that book? Uh The Psychology of Wealth. Mm. That book is amazing. Um, I listen. I listen to the audio version when I'm driving around, and I'm always like rewinding it because I'm just like, "Wow, that was such a nugget! That was such a nugget!" So that's my favorite favorite book. And then, um, while it's not a financial book, 
Um, it's a book by Brandon Turner, and it's about rentals. That helped me tremendously. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, the book is actually called The Book on Rental Property Investing. I, it's a great book. I actually read this cover to cover um, flying out to Chicago, actually. Um, Are you? Yeah, because, um, you know, using credit card points and I only had to pay tax. So it's like 20 bucks just to nice. Chicago. I was like, hey, let's go. He has another book on managing your rentals. That is, that one is amazing, too. All right. Yeah, we got to make sure we drop all of them. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, what is your favorite dish to make? Um, I'm a, I'm a vegan and I'm a lazy vegan, you know. <laughs> You know how when you look at recipes for recipe when you look at recipes, some of the um ingredients is so intricate. You're like, I gotta go to Narnia to get this <laughs> ingredient. You know, that's how I feel with vegan eating. So I eat very, very simply and I will bake a a a, a pasta in a minute. So that's my favorite thing to make, just like you know, a chickpea pasta with some um beyond meat um um meat. You know, crumbles and I'll tear it up. Right. <laughs> it's easy. I have leftovers, no Uber Eats. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can make it fast. <laughs> Anything that keep your bookkeeper happy. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So this is the very last question of the show, which is where can people find out more about you? They can find out more about me on Instagram. My handle is at Zena Dixon Inc. And um I, you know, I'm a coach. So I do, I do help um, investors get into their first property. That's my specialty because once you get the first one, you get the momentum to go and get the next ones. I feel like everybody needs to, someone to help them get over the hump of getting the first one. And that's, that's where, you know, I'm trying to position myself to, um, to help individuals that want to get into it, but they're just like, oh, I want to jump, but I'm so scared. You know, when you're standing at the end of the pool and you got your life vest on, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I wanna be a resource for those individuals. You're definitely a resource for me because uh, I, I am one of those individuals. So. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and you do a lot of uh, boot camps and so forth. So please, everybody, make sure you follow her on Instagram. Um, she has tons of gems she constantly going may not do live all the time because she's obviously always working but she does show you behind the scenes which very few people on instagram do um she at this time of this recording she just passed her second of third um what they call them inspections yes and so the last one is coming up so i think by the time this comes through uh she might have the whole thing rebuilt out so definitely that would be amazing <laughs> So definitely follow her and uh, continue on on her journey. And I thank you so much, Cena, for coming through on the About the Podcast. Thank you so much, Anthony. This was such a pleasure. <laughs> All right, y'all take care. Bye.